for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. It is day three of our 25 days of Christmas, or well, technically day four. It, 3rd of December, we started a day early, so technically it's day four of 25 days of Christmas. But uh, we have a very special guest with us. We have Chuck Weimer. How's it going today, Chuck? Hey, it's going great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you a little bit and get to know more about you and all the, uh, from what I've been reading, it sounds like you've had quite the uh, journey in the uh, music business and, uh, you know, started young and, you know, I'm just excited to sit down and chat with you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a good time. Uh, we, we started young and then waited a whole long time before we actually did anything with it, so. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so you're based out of the San Antonio area. Is that where you're from originally or where are you from originally? No, I'm ashamed to admit I was born in Illinois um, yeah. and then uh, military took us all over the country. And uh, when I was following my dad, and my stepdad, and then uh, then I joined the army and then mm-hmm. I went even further around the country and around the world. And last place they dropped me off was San Antonio. So that's where we decided to stay. Nice. Yeah, awesome. so we got to Texas as quick as we could. Yeah. Where whereabouts in Illinois? That explains the uh, Bears conversation yes. that we had last week. But <laughs> yeah, um, now I was born in Palos Heights, which is a suburb of Chicago. Okay. So it's uh, um, my family's all from up in that area. You know, White Sox fans, Bears mm-hmm. fans, Blackhawks fans. Can't stand yep. the Bulls. I got my little Bears cup. It is football yeah. season. Very I don't bad. have I don't have my White Sox cup, but it's it's just one of those things where it's hard to be a Chicago fan right now. It is really hard. It, it could be, but you know, there's there's a little bit of hope for that quarterback. You know, he's he's doing all right, and uh, you know, uh, it looks like we're gonna get the number two pick next year. So <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the way it's shaping up to be. My concern is that they're gonna get Fields hurt and. Man, they, if they're they're really thinking about bringing him out next or this week tomorrow and letting him play. Yeah, I, that's a good idea. Yeah, same. They're missing two pieces. They need to just let him rest. I agree. I really Try agree. Peterman, whatever that dude's name is. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so you grew up in Illinois, um, and then you kind of just moved around as Army families tend to do. Um, what's uh where does kind of music come into play with your life so my mom and dad they separated when i was kind of young um i was less than five and then uh they they basically they kept the mississippi between them so i ended up graduating from high school out in arizona and my dad was over in uh, south carolina and what ended up happening was i found out that he was into music uh i knew he wrote songs i knew that he you know played music and uh my mom tried to get me started on the accordion. She didn't want me to be my dad. Uh, and then uh, the accordion wasn't going to be a thing. He sent me a guitar, and uh, and then that was it. I started writing songs and playing guitar. And, and then uh, I joined the Army and really didn't do anything with it. And then after a while, you know, 40, I think I was 42, my wife mm-hmm. said, hey, 
you going to do anything with this thing or are you just going to keep on singing around the campfire? And uh, so we did. We put our first uh, our first single out to radio and it, it charted and we put okay. our second one out and it went 25 and said, OK, well, I guess this is a thing we got to do. And yeah. Now standing on stages and singing my songs. That's what's up. That's cool. The accordion seems to be a very Illinois instrument because that's yeah. how that's how my dad got started playing music. And yeah, so. Yeah, polka. But I, she was trying to get me to do it in Arizona, so that oh. wasn't going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Arizona. It, but that reminds have you seen the uh, new, uh, the Weird Al Yankovic movie? The, no. The, the, it's kind of funny. It kind of goes into a, it's a parody of his story about how he got introduced to the accordion and playing polka music and all that fun stuff. But oh, if, you ever get a, if you ever get a chance, just kind of give it a watch. Yeah, um, I I was a big fan of his music. He was yeah, fun. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so it, about 16 is when you kind of started exploring the idea of writing music? Yeah. Um, we started, I started writing when I was about 16. I actually have a song that's on my current album that was written when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, I went back and I read the verses because they sounded like a 16-year-old wrote them. But uh, <laughs> we kept the chorus and, and uh, it ended up being it's a pretty good, pretty good little dance tune. So that's on the album. Um, but yeah, I was, I've been writing since 16, just everywhere I go, I, I'm writing music. And then, uh, finally we decided to start doing something with it. Mm-hmm. What, what was kind of that turning point to do something with it? Was it, cause I noticed it was like 2020, you started releasing music. Was it yep. the pandemic or was this like in motion way before then? Uh, it actually was right before the pandemic. Okay. My wife, she gave me uh she gave me the boot in the behind and said, Hey, you need to go out there and you need to go do something, you know, you need to go play music, you, mm-hmm. you know, people love to hear you sing. And, you know, there's no reason why you should wait on this and then be upset later on because you never did anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So we went in the studio just before the, the pandemic started or we started talking to Mac Damon over at Stone Creek Sound. And I started playing a few shows before the pandemic started. Um, I think I had like five shows in. And uh, they were just solo acoustic stuff. And uh, and then the pandemic locked everything down. Mm-hmm. And because I was a solo artist, it was really easy to get into some of the spots that had opened up early, like uh, Fredericksburg and, uh, you know, some of those other places where it's it's a it's a pedestrian kind of vibe. And yeah. they're like drink on the street. So as long as you had a drink, you didn't have to mask. And, you know, so people were going out there and they were still having a good time. And, you know, we just played all the way through the pandemic. Nice. So you kind of just yeah. found a found a way to make it work and still be able to play. And I mean, I th- that's a very that's very much I think how Texas was in general throughout the entire entire thing. Because I know there was a lot of, especially up here in Waco, there was a lot of just like random ways musicians were playing. Whether it was just busking in the street near like an event, you know, stuff of that nature. So or Facebook lives and stuff like that that ended mm-hmm. up becoming a thing. Um, Facebook's got a really weird sound quality that comes out, so you're not getting the best of, of that mm-hmm. artist. There, you know, technology got behind music, and music, you started using it the way it was supposed to be used, as, mm-hmm. at least to, as good as they could use it. So um, the pandemic was rough for the for the bigger names, you know, your Cody okay. Johnsons, your Wade Bowens, the, the guys that are just selling out yep. arenas. But for the guy who's starting off and, and just starting to get out there, it it was it was wide open market for us yeah for sure it was uh it was definitely cool and like you said uh the the, that was the interesting part about the entire 
digital concert experience, I guess is the best way I'll kind of phrase it, was it was always interesting to see how musicians dealt with the sound quality. Because, you know, like if you just kind of, if you didn't have the setup and you had to do it through your phone, like you said, it was either really tinny or, you know, it was echoey, like just, you know, it was not the best sound quality, but if you had the equipment, it could go through an interface and kind of bypass a lot of these features that they use to make the sound quality good for like normal conversations, you know, it's a, it was definitely interesting. So yeah, it was kind of wild. (laughs) Did did you do any of the uh, Facebook lives or was it just kind of, you were more about getting out there on the streets and, I, I did a, I did a few. Uh, mm-hmm. We were, you know, but about the time that we were getting ready to lock in a, a consistent, we're going to do this on this day every mm-hmm. week. And then uh, Jamie, my wife slash manager slash everything that doesn't happen behind a microphone, um, she started getting me booked at a lot more places. And then it was it wasn't possible to to lock down a consistent day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, you know, we just went back to playing live, and we do a, we we do our Facebook lives now when we're out playing the show. So mm-hmm. from all the venues, we will have uh, whatever the first set is, is done on Facebook. The second set, I think we do on Instagram. The third one we do on uh, TikTok. Nice. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Um, and so 2020 is when you kind of started, uh, or not kind of, is when you started releasing music. You released mm-hmm. uh, Take You Anywhere and then Home Run, which I'm guessing is a sort of a tribute to sh- Obviously, it's a tribute to baseball. Is it a tribute to the White Sox, though, or no? It was uh, it was a tribute to my brother. I had written okay. songs about everybody else in my family, and uh, he was the only one that I didn't really include in that writing because you know I we he was a lot younger than I was, mm-hmm. and uh, so he was a baseball player at Dallas Baptist University. Okay, on their championship team, and uh, when uh, when I started writing this song, I thought, well. Now, let me see what I can do about bringing my brother into this mix. And I'm not even a fan of baseball, truthfully. I'm, I I just, I was horrible at it, so I've got scars. Uh, <laughs> but, Fair. yeah, he uh, he was a, he was a really good baseball player, first baseman, but he was right-handed. So, you know, he was, uh, he led his team with hit by pitch. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was on base more than anybody else. But there's no call for that in the majors. Mm-hmm. You know, they want a yeah. left-handed baseman who can put him over the wall. Yeah. Uh, so, so he ended up becoming a police officer, but I thought, well, let me go ahead and put him in a song. And, uh, so I combined kind of our lives, my, my military stuff and, and, uh, and then the baseball theme for, for what he was about. And then we, he's actually on the cover art. That's him hitting a home run while okay. he was playing in 2014. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to look really deep into seeing who it was or what team it was. I was like, yep, definitely can't make any of that out. So. Yeah, we got permission from Dallas Baptist to use it. It took a little while to get that permission because they had to track down who actually took the picture. But uh, once they did, then we were able to use that. And I thought that was the best way to to honor my brother and, and you know, the influence that he's had in my life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you, you what's kind of the um, thought process going into your releases? Do you kind of see yourself just doing the more traditional single, single, single album? Or where are you kind of at there? So we've been doing a lot of the research into what uh, what you have to do to honor the different platforms, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you go out to play a show, um, they want to have CDs on hand. People want to yeah. buy CDs. And believe it or not, people still buying CDs. They don't even have CD players, but they want to buy the CDs. They want to have that tangible, mm-hmm. um, you know, piece of, of uh, merchandise. 
Um, but with streaming, you have to be consistent. So yep. if you're putting it up on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're putting your music up, you got to be consistent in your releases. Same with, you know, you know, Facebook, YouTube, all yep. those. So what we decided is for next year, we're going to release a new song on the 10th of every month. Okay. And then at the end of the year, we're going to wrap it up into that full length album. And I don't think that's doing too much of a disservice to the, to the people that are coming out to the shows because we just released a six song album in, uh, April of this last year. Yeah. So if you look at the traditional Nashville, whatever the yeah. label releases, they usually go about three years. We're only putting about a year between. So, yeah. and then we'll probably do the same thing. If it, if it works out the way we're thinking, we'll probably do the same thing the following year. Nice. That's awesome. Cause it's just the consistency in which you've been able to release music is really awesome. Just kind of being able to see what I see on Spotify and everywhere else that I kind of do my research, like just the consistency in which you get your music out is, is great. And that's like the right first step. Um, so let's talk about your latest tune, your Christmas tune. It's Christmas time again. Was this something that you've always wanted to do a Christmas song or what kind of prompted this? Actually, uh, a buddy of mine, Mikey good. He's a, uh, another, uh, recording artists. He does a little bit more outside of Texas, but he plays a lot of his shows in Texas. And uh, I did a cover song last year. I did How Many Kings last year. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this song called I Want a New Guitar for Christmas. And I thought, well, I can't let him be writing, you know, all these all these Christmas songs. And, you know, it's going to be like Mariah Carey. And, then, yeah. and I need, so I need to do something like that. So uh, I think it was July I sat down and I, I wrote that song. And I was like, Okay, this is let, let me think of all the traditions that happen at Christmas time from my from my uh, mm. uh, bringing, you know, you got Crosby with the army and you got, you know, the bells and, and everybody's at the house and you mm. got that one dude who's just stays too long and camps out on the couch. You know, that that one family member and usually the older family member who's just, you know, way too heavy on the eggnogs. So I was like, <laughs> OK, we're going to we're going to make it fun. But at the same time, we're going to remind everybody of at least for my generation you know the gen x gen x folks maybe the mm -hmm. early millennials you know this is you remember when things were like this mm -hmm. and you know and everything keeping everybody away is people still afraid to get in large groups you know at least they have the memory and they you know might draw them back into family again yeah. so that, that was the idea behind it that sounds like a standard south chicago christmas party yeah. like it's yeah. I was listening to it and I was like, yep, this is fairly accurate about pretty much every Christmas experience I ever had in my life growing up yeah. in South Chicago. So, yeah. Uh, oh, and, so you, you started writing it in July. And was it just like, did something strike you or the Christmas in July thing that a lot of people seem to mention? Because no, obviously, I, oh, go ahead. I, I had to work at this one. This is one I actually had to put a lot of thought in and I had to, I had to put on my professional hat. You know, mm -hmm. you got the, you got the struck by lightning guy who, you know, every once in a while you get that song that just falls out of you and it's on the paper in 10 minutes. And then you got other times, if you want to be a writer that you just got to sit down you got to work through it and you got to, you know, try and you, you give out the best you got and then you go back and then you do it again. And then you do it again on the same song. You just keep on taking things and just trying to make it as good as you could possibly make it. And uh, that's what I had to do with this song because I wanted it to be, I didn't want to just do the cliche Christmas song, mm -hmm. you know, just basically copy Santa's, you know, Santa and his reindeer. And then yeah. all of a sudden you put a twang on it. That wasn't my goal. My goal was to actually make a song that maybe people like to listen to for the rest, you know, the next 25 years. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It was, um, 
Is there uh, any, did you, have you given any thought about doing like a music video for this or is that not something you've kind of ventured into yet? We've been looking at it. We're trying to figure out if we can get the pieces in place. Uh, my wife and I, we had COVID a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we were looking at possibly getting this week or, or the, the week before to maybe have some folks over to, to get some of those pieces in place to mm-hmm. get some of the recordings in, it didn't work out because, you know, you don't yeah. want to get everybody else sick. So we're trying to find the time, but she's got my she's got my schedule pretty much locked up. Who knows? It might be July before we can get that video done. <laughs> yeah, hap- that that's the crazy thing about Christmas music, though, is yeah, it's only like people only listen to it for one or two months a year, November to January one or whatever it is. You know, it just kind of like it's a limited window. But what people for, tend to forget is it regenerates every year because it's right. almost like a new song. It doesn't burn out as fast as a normal song. Right, right. Yeah. And, so, uh, you know, one of the ideas behind the, you know, doing a Christmas song is you always want to, you want to stay relevant with radio stations if you're doing radio. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to put out a brand new single for, you know, Texas radio mm-hmm. in November because, you know, the charts are going to freeze. So you're not yeah. going to have that that run up time and they're not going to be playing your song as much because they got to play jingle bells and Santa's reindeer yeah. song, and all that stuff. So, you know, you got to stay relevant. So mm-hmm. you know, we said, all right, let's do a Christmas song. And yeah, it was Christmas time again. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a good tune. I've definitely enjoyed listening to it and it's getting, getting added into the general rotation for more seasonal music that I try and uh, create this time of year. Um, so, um, so it's Christmas time again is the name of the single. It's out now. It's on Spotify, all that fun stuff. Was there, why did you call it? It's Christmas time again. Was there a specific reasoning for that name or, uh, it, that, that part was actually kind of lazy. It's the last line of the course. So it, it just keeps on getting recycled. Um, gotcha. It's the easiest part to remember. So I've had that happen that sometimes where instead of taking like three words from the middle of a song and just making it a really unique title, mm-hmm. I go with the most the most easy to remember because that used to bother me with some of the alternative bands in the past where yeah. they this random word and it's like that doesn't have anything to do with the song, but that was yeah. their title. So yeah, it <laughs> it that's always kind of the interesting approach going into it. It's like you get these artists that they name a song something that the words like mentioned once in the song it's like mentioned once in the song and it doesn't tie into anything but it's unique and it stands out but then you go like you kind of phrased it lazy and use uh something that's at the end of the chorus you know it's always kind of interesting so oh yeah So do you think you'll do another original next year or do you kind of see this as like a one-off? No, I've already written one. Um, okay. I actually wrote it about a week ago and uh, I'll go through the process now of ripping it apart and, you know, doing my best to make it really solid. But mm. yeah, I, th- it was one that just kind of fell out. I was trying to write something else and then yes. that ended up being what came on the paper. It was like, all right, well, I guess we're writing this today. That's fair. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's at least now you've kind of got yourself in the cycle where you've got one, if you want to make this like an annual thing where every year you come out or drop a new Christmas song, at least now you're kind of find yourself in the cycle where it's like, okay, I got the first one done. Now I can start focusing on next year. So at least you're kind of in the mood, you're in the season. So yeah. that's yeah. good. And if we're in a scenario, you know, we do a cover. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of your writing and your writing process, what kind of is your process when you sit down to, do you sit down to write music or is it just kind of like randomly happen? Are you a little bit more organized? So I have a day job still. And Mm -hmm. uh, one spot that uh, it's got different positions that you can do during this, during the day. And uh, there's one spot that I know more often than not, I'm going to be able to probably write two or three songs in that day. So uh, it, it just gives me an opportunity to see a whole bunch of people. And uh, I'm a people watcher. Uh, that's another thing I got from, from the family in Illinois where, you know, you just you watch people because they're always walking up and down the street and mm. doing whatever it is they do. Uh, so that's one spot that uh, I know I'll probably be able to write a song or two. And I just watch watch the folks as they come in and I create stories for them. And uh, that's not their stories. I know yeah. it's not their stories, you know. God, I hope it's not their stories. I wrote one. Uh, <laughs> wrote one song about uh it's called if he's not gonna love you i will and uh my idea was you know you got cheating songs and cheated on songs but nobody yeah. ever writes for that other guy so it was yeah. his song and i saw these two two folks coming through the uh the the place where i was working and i was like okay yeah that's their song and uh god i hope it wasn't though um and then the, we, there's other times i have my uh my lead guitar player he'll come over and we'll write together mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll sit down and we it's that's when we're we're doing the trying to write as a professional, you know, you're all right, let's sit down, let's work on, on structuring it properly and making the song fit the mold that it's supposed to. And then now let's have fun and, and, you know, bring our ideas and see where we can go with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got a couple of different ways to go about it, but those are the, uh, the primary two. For sure. That's cool. So earlier in our conversation, you'd mentioned that you, uh, your wife kind of gave you the swift kick in the butt to either, uh, to kind of do something with your music or not to do something with your music that you kind of went from just singing around the campfire to actually like recording. Yeah. How, how long had you been, or what, what was like the biggest change from, okay, this is just something I do for fun to now, Hey, this is something that I'm doing and hopefully we'll make a very good living at it. Uh, I think the, the, the first hurdle we had to overcome was I had to figure out the right, the, the right vocal mm. uh, structure that I was going to use. Uh, I have a lot of YouTube videos that are, that are hidden these days because I was singing in way, just the wrong key. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, if you've noticed, I'm a little bit closer to the Cody Jenks line than mm-hmm. the, Ras- the Rascal Flats line. Yeah. Uh, I have that high range. I should never have been trying to sing the high range, but, uh, that was where my YouTube videos were going. And it mm. was like, okay, yeah, we need to stop doing that. And uh, once I identified where my vocals really needed to be, you know, back in that baritone, that yeah. range, you know, going a little beyond, um, that was when the the crowd reactions ended up getting a little bit better. And yeah. uh, I had a buddy who brought me up on stage with his band. And uh, standing on that stage was pretty much the uh, the lightning strike. It was like, okay, this I like this. This is, this yeah. is what I'm going to do now. Um, and then she was like, good, let's do it. She was out of town at the time. And uh, she said, all right, start booking some shows. And then when she came back, she started booking all my shows. And now I don't yes. have a weekend. So, <laughs> And you're pretty much playing around the San Antonio area or the uh, that or are you kind of traveling out further up to like Dallas or. Yeah, we get uh, I know Jan- in January we got uh, Waxahachie in a Fort Worth show. Nice. Uh, in October, we had an Odessa show that we just got done doing. Um, I played out in Pennsylvania for a solo mm. uh, 
in the summertime, uh, hitting Oklahoma. We got another Oklahoma coming up next year for the, with the whole band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're trying to we're trying to spread it out a little bit beyond Texas as well, but because there's a lot of states that are listening to Texas music, oh, yeah. so we want to we want to go ahead and, and give them what they're what they're basically yeah. asking. For, yeah. You know, some yeah. of the some of the you know the talent in, in Texas aren't going to be able to get out to do that because they also have day jobs or whatever mm-hmm. that and let them travel too much, but. Uh, mine's luckily I have a, a three day a week job that, that is full time. And then I do four days a week, full time for music. So yes, that's cool opportunity to pack up and, you know, go hit a couple States and then come yeah. back and, you know, those States get to hear that Texas music they want to hear. Nice. That's cool. Have you had a chance to get out to like Southeast New Mexico in that area? Uh, no, we're, we're right now we're trying to figure out if we're going East or West in the summertime. Okay. Gotcha. And New Mexico is the option. If we go, uh, if we go west, we're going to go to New Mexico and we're going to go to Arizona because we have family out in that area still. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have the draw. We can actually make it worth the while for the venue. Yeah. Or we may go east or maybe even northeast um, yeah. and then hit those spots if uh, if things work out the other way. So for we're sure. just trying to figure out what direction we're going to go. For sure. If you uh, end up going out to New Mexico and need a couple of – I used to live out in Roswell for a good minute. Uh, so if you ever need contacts, let me know. I got you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we'll definitely get offline about that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It, it was just one of those things where it was like, I didn't enjoy my time there when I was there, but I made a lot of connections. And now, like five years after I left, it's kind of like, wait, now all the connections that I made, yeah, they weren't really like <laughs> doing a whole lot then, but now they're like running, they're like bookers for um, like venues and stuff. And I'm like, well, crap. Yeah, they're they're running things now, and I'm like, luckily we're still really good friends, and like we uh, yeah. chat all the time. But it's like, maybe I should have just stayed making like no money out in New Mexico, and maybe it'd be I don't know. It was it was interesting though. But yeah, anyways, well, regardless, now you got that in for those folks that are going to head out in that direction. So that's oh yeah, good. for sure, good for sure. Uh, so do you still have a family out in Illinois or? Uh, I think I have an uncle and a couple cousins that are still out there, but most mm-hmm. of the family moved out to Arizona. Most of them moved okay. out to Tucson. Uh, and then, of course, when I was graduating high school, we were out in uh, in Mesa, which is by Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still have a couple that are up in, uh, in the Chicago area. That seems like a move that a lot of people in Chicago make as they move out to the Southwest. Oh, yeah. Met- it's dry, warm. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I met more people from Chicago in New Mexico than I actually did living in Chicago. Like that, that was like the weirdest anomaly. Everybody I met, like, or everybody that I seemed to know from Chicago, they moved in from somewhere or they were like, you know, not from Chicago. And then I go out to New Mexico and everybody's like, oh, you grew up, you're wearing a bear's hat. Where'd you grow up? Or, you know, like whatever it is. And I'm like, that's so funny, but. Yep. Yeah, we see it here too. That like, uh, yeah. they say Bears fans travel, but it's not so much that they travel; they just they leave Chicago and then they transplant somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, a hundred percent. Like just getting out of that cold weather. Everybody's like, once it gets a little cold here, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not going out. I'm not dealing with it. You're from Chicago. You should be used to it. Doesn't mean I gotta like it. So right. Yeah. So. I'm- I'm a desert rat, man. I hate, I, I never liked the cold and you know, we left, I left Chicago when I was like three or four, like mm-hmm. we, we got out of there. Not my, not my choice, but, um, yeah, I, I never got the insulation that everybody else did for oh, being yeah. out there climatizing oh. to it. 
Oh, my insulation is gone. I haven't lived in Chicago since in 13 years. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've been gone for a good minute. Um, so you, you served some t- or you did some time in the military. You served. Uh, what branch were you in? Army? Navy? I was in the Army. Okay. Yeah, my dad was in the Navy. I was in the Army. Awesome. And uh, first off, thank you for your service. I like to uh, thank everybody. That, we seem to have a lot of military vets on the podcast at throughout the year, which is always kind of interesting. Um, did you play music at all in the service or was it just kind of like, nope, 100%? Nah, this kind of the uh, the campfire thing. You know, we'd have uh, the barbecue pit out or something, you know, a little fire pit. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody would be coming over, hanging out at the house and I'd pull out the guitar, play a little bit. But it wasn't, uh, there, there was no actual business in mind at the mm-hmm. time. It was just, yeah. just music. Yeah. And uh, what, Gotcha. Because I know sometimes the army they have the like special programs where they'll like you could play music as part of the as part of your service like in the army corps band or whatever it is, you know. So yeah. I didn't know if you participated in that at all. No, I was at the time. I wasn't anywhere near that good. Gotcha. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So you got the single out now. It's been out for when did it officially drop? Uh, it's Christmas time again. Uh, I want to say it was November 1st, uh, November 1st for streaming. Okay. And then, uh, what was it? The the 21st for radio. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's been out for a little bit, it's been out for a good month streaming and then a little bit less for radio and whatnot. What's kind of the uh, reception been for it's Christmas time again? It's actually pretty cool. We got, uh, I got this one kid that worked at, um, that we got contractors and, and he he's singing it every time I come in Thanks. and uh, he's like, Oh, it's Christmas time again. And I'm like, what are you doing? man? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, you know, I got to separate these two. I can't, you know, yeah. he can talk about all I want, but I can't really participate too much. Cause you know, the ethics and all that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but it's funny because people will come in and they'll be singing the song and it's like, all right, well, at least people are listening to it. You know, yeah. makes you, feel good. And, um, you find out that you know, we track Spotify more than anything else, just because it's the easiest one to track. You know, they yeah. got Spotify for artists, so you can see all your numbers and everything. Um, but then you find out that everybody else is listening on different platforms that you're not really monitoring so much. Yeah. So you're like, all right, at least people are listening to it. We're having a good time. And, you know, uh, we got some some good feedback from some of the radio stations out there. Um, I guess we were the number two downloaded last week, right, on uh, CD tracks. Oh, nice. Uh, CD text, sorry, CD text uh, had 60 downloads. So I guess people are, they're interested enough to at least listen to it and see what, what's going on. And I know, uh, I think Uvalde's been playing the heck out of it. So yeah, um, we love Robert Miguel, but he's, uh, he's funny with those songs. He's going to start sending them out at the shows. And <laughs> uh, are you, so when you're sending it out, is that primarily you or your wife kind of sending all that stuff out to the radio? Cause I've, Having tried to do some of that stuff before, I know it's not easy. Uh, so a lot of the stuff is done by her. Uh, okay. I'd say probably 99% is done by her when it comes to reaching out to radio stations and booking and stuff like that. Um, when it requires a personal, like, hey, you need to actually say, so you, know, you need to have a conversation, then I have to get involved at that point because, you know, we don't want to fake anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. And when somebody meets me in person, then they'll know <laughs> that uh, yeah. we, my wife and I, we don't talk in the same language. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we speak English, but it ain't the same dialect. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, 
she does not the majority of it. And then, um, you know, every once in a while I have to, I have to help out, yeah. but, um, she does a fantastic job. And most of the folks know that, that it's her behind this, behind the keyboard. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Fair enough. So you got a show tonight. Where are you playing at tonight? Um, Rebecca Creek distillery tonight. And so it'll be a solo. acoustic. Um, just going to go out there, stand on stage and sing some of my songs and some covers. And we're just going to have a good time, drink some whiskey. Awesome. You play, is this kind of like one of your regular haunts as far as playing music or? Yeah, I think I'm out there, um, not every month, but, uh, for the most part, every other month we, uh, we like the, the RCD folks, they've, they've tried treated us pretty good. So we'd like to get out there and, and, you know, play a little bit for them and, Sometimes we have big crowds, sometimes we have little crowds, and sometimes it rains and sometimes it shines. So, you know, it's always a it's always a gamble of what's gonna happen out there, but they they still take care of us and we still have a good time. <laughs> nice. Awesome. And it's I'm sure it's Christmas time again. We'll make the uh make an appearance tonight for Yeah, yeah. I'm actually learning how to play that one finally. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we Fair. take it into studio, man, and uh my producer, he goes and uh we he basically revamps the music for me and then after it gets done I have to figure out how to play it again. <laughs> nice. Fair. Fair fair. Um so since it is Christmas time, um what are what are some of your uh fondest memories? Obviously it's gonna be a little varied since you moved around a lot. What is what is a fond memory that you had around Christmas time with the family? Uh, well, I can go from, from when I was growing up, I'll give you two of them. I'll give you one from when being an adult and one from, from when I was growing up. Um, when I was growing up, my, we didn't, we weren't really wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, my family was, uh, middle, middle income. They mm-hmm. didn't, uh, there wasn't a whole bunch of money, but we weren't poor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I always had that one thing that you wanted for Christmas and every year for whatever reason, and it, they got me every time, but every year there was this one thing that I would want. And then I'd see all the other stuff that we had talked about in passing, you know, these shoes or, or, you know, that, that baseball glove or whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, one thing that I wanted just would never be there. Yeah. And then after everything was said and done and everything was wrapped up and, you know, packed up and put away the, the wrapping paper and everything. And then my mom would be like, Hey, wait, there's one over there, you know? And then it was always somewhere else. Yeah. And it'd always be that one thing that I really wanted. So that was, that. You know, I don't know how she did it every year. I should have known better, like just scouted the house and be like, okay, that's going to be over in the corner. But um, yeah, she always got me with that. And then uh, now our tradition at the, uh, from when our, we had kids and as our kids were growing up, uh, we, we read Luke chapter two before anybody opens anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the story of Jesus's birth. We just want everybody in our family to remember why we're celebrating you know what what is it that we're here for what's christmas about um i think there's there's a little bit too much marketing that goes on that makes everybody forget and, you know everybody's stressing about getting the right gift for everybody else and we just want every and you know of course and bringing in the family for the holidays and who's going to pay for the plane ticket or is everybody going to be able to get there and you know we just we just want to remember what the season's all about so we start off before anybody opens a present we sit down around the tree and we just read luke chapter two and and it's either me or one of my kids will do it. And then, uh, then after that, then I get up behind the tree and I start throwing everything out at everybody. Just like, you know, here, here's our right, one for you, one for you, one for you. And my wife gets mad. She's like, you need to open something. I'm like, I will. After all the kids have this. <laughs> so it's like, you're waiting till the end. And then it's just like everybody looking at you. Yeah. I, yeah, I, well, no, nah, then the kids get to go off and go play. And then I, you know, open the stuff up and, 
um, if I can make it that long. But yeah, yeah. there's like a little little treasure trove that's sitting next to me of wrapping paper, you know, trinkets yeah. and whatnot. And it's like, Dad, you got to open something. Open mine. Open mine. All right. Yeah, cool. for sure. That, that's yeah. kind of what I like about our Christmases now is since we're all older, it's not as a prolonged process because it's like one, two, maybe three gifts because it's like one for my parents, one for my sister. And then if there's just like a third extra whatever. And so it's just kind of like, OK, you know, half hour, we're done, you know, and keep it keep it a little concise and uh, keep it fun. So. Yeah, oh, we're, we're our kids are starting to ask for the more expensive stuff now. So that means, yeah. the, you know, they got a budget. So it, as that, but you know, as the, the gifts get more expensive, the budget says, "All right, you got two things instead of ten. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, that's. I was talking to my dad the other day about that, and he was like, "Yeah, I just don't know what to do anymore because everything is like super expensive. Like anything that anyone could ever really want, right? Because we're all like." Are like we're all 30 and above so it's like anything that i'd really want it's either three grand or i'll just go buy it myself you know yeah so it's <laughs> yeah yeah yep yep so um so what about um uh one of the things that we do on the podcast is we do a little fun game called rapid fire randomness but i'm going to kind of just ask a bunch of random holiday questions and you know it so it won't be quite as random as it usually is it's going to be a little bit more thought out but um if you're ready we'll we'll just kind of jump into this random set of questions cool what's your favorite christmas movie oh uh, frosty the snowman was there a present that you ever really wanted but never got no, I think I always ended up getting what I wanted. Nice. A favorite holiday adult beverage? Ooh. Uh, yeah, um, any kind of whiskey. Any kind of whiskey. I've Normally, I'm like that, but the during the first podcast, or the first interview we did for this, somebody brought up buttered rum as like a holiday favorite, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of intrigued, because I used to drink rum in college, and then, you know, just enough of that after four years and i kind of switched over yeah (laughs) kind of switched over to whiskey and i was just like all right yeah but um favorite christmas cookie uh there's these things called fingerprint cookies so Mm -hmm. it's uh yes she fills it with apricot and a little bit of powdered sugar over the top but yeah i love those nice that those are good my mom she did them with apricot or uh i think it was apricot but then she also made like kitty ones that were like frosting instead of you know oh, wow. so uh or like hershey kisses i think oh yeah yeah so. i've seen a lot of those she likes those i like the uh the apricot filling or the or even the raspberry yeah for sure um and it, where's uh favorite memory of current year's christmas so like just like a favorite memory of something that happened um, I, I had this one Christmas, we went out and stayed with, uh, with my grandparents, uh, my, this is back when my grandfather was still alive. I actually tell this story because, uh, the song sand in the hourglass was, this is kind of the part of the setup on it. But, uh, my grandfather, it wasn't a Christmas present. He just bought this three quarter size guitar when we were coming out because he knew I was doing music. 
And uh, if you ever play a three-quarter size guitar, that basically sounds like a ukulele with plastic strings. It's just, they're, they're terrible. But he was proud of it. Like, he was so happy that he got this guitar and then I was able to go out there and play some music and not have to carry a guitar on the plane. And uh, he, I was learning Jimmy Buffett songs because he loved Jimmy Buffett. So uh, I'm on the back patio and I'm learning these Jimmy Buffett songs on uh, on this three-quarter size guitar that sounds like a, a just a cheap ukulele. And, and uh, he's like, don't worry, Chucky, you'll get better. Nice. <laughs> So, you know, I'm already recording. I'm doing my thing. And he's like, yeah, you'll get better. Don't worry about it. Nice. <laughs> but, awesome. You know, he, he was a, a Italian from Chicago. So that was the way it was. For sure. I feel it. <laughs> and then final question, which one of Santa's reindeer would you want to have as a pet? Uh, probably Rudolph, just so he could light up the back of the trailer whenever the light's not working for us. Yeah, we were running into that problem last night downloading. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you play at last night? Uh, we were in uh, Kickback Corner out in Bandera. Okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah, real cool vibe out there. We had a, good, a lot of fun. They nice. uh, they changed. They for anybody who's ever been out there, uh, it used to be the chicken coop, and they've they've done a good remodel on it. And mm-hmm. It was real fun. Nice, awesome. Yeah, it's um the the whole San Antonio area has got a really cool thing going on, and hopefully, I I don't know how long I'm going to stay in Texas. I know I'm not going any further north than Oklahoma. Like that's kind of. <laughs> That's kind of my divide. I've told my family this. I'm not going any further north than Oklahoma or any further south than the Panhandle. So it's kind of like the Panhandle of Florida. Like that's yeah. kind of the the uh, world in which I'm going to live the rest of my life. And yeah, so I don't know. San Antonio might be a place I check out, but it's uh, a yeah. it, um, it was it's yeah. it's nice. But live live outside of San Antonio if you're if you're planning on moving in this direction. Mm-hmm. Don't don't move into the city. Move outside of the city. That's one of the things that we found we like much better. Yeah, uh, the I so four years ago I almost took a job in San Antonio. I was like really heavily considering going there, and it was in the city. It was for a, a news station in San Antonio, and I kind of was driving around where the station was based out of, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, and I was a. Uh, just trying to find a uh, really like locals only place to eat, like just some place that only like local people would know about, and just kind of like yeah. you have to kind of like randomly stumble upon it. And I found just kind of got lost during the evening, and I found this fish Mexican restaurant. So it was like they served fried fish on Friday night, but the rest of the rest of the time it was Mexican food. And it happened to be a Friday night. And I was like, you know what? I'm in the mood for fish. Let's do this. And I drive out or I uh, pull into the parking lot and it looked like they were parked in front of a meth lab. (laughs) And so I'm just sitting there. I'm like, all right, do I get out and go in or do I just kind of go back towards the hotel and say, uh, forget this little excursion? And a couple, couple of like really nice trucks pulled in. They got out, and I was just like, "All right, well, I'm a, I'm gonna go try it. Like, what happens? What, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? You know?" Yeah. I go in, and it wasn't bad. It was just kind of like a little sketchy on the outside. And right. I started talking to people, and they're like, "Yeah, you may not want to live in this area, but right now it's not too bad." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. But 
But yeah, so no, Texas has been good to me. I've been here about three years, so. No, oh, nice. Yeah. How long have Texas, you? Yeah. We've been here, what, 14 now? Yeah, we, we got here in 2007, so. Okay. Uh, whatever the math is on that, I think it's about 14 years. We've lived here longer than we lived anywhere else. Nice. Well, when you're moving around in the military, you know, that kind of kind of makes sense. So, yeah. Uh, so um, you got your show tonight. Uh, if anybody wants to check out your music and any of that fun stuff, where's the best place to find you? Uh, easiest thing to do would be go to the website, chuckweimermusic.com. Uh, but we're also on Facebook and uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, streaming, you know, everything is there. Uh, nice. For all the social media stuff, it's Chuck Weimer Music, but uh, for the actual radio stuff, streaming and whatever, it's just Chuck Weimer. Awesome. How are you enjoying TikTok? Um, yeah, again, that's something that, uh, inside baseball, she's doing most of that. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. She just comes us in random, random stuff. And it's, it, I, I don't have the patience. I, I could sit there. I'll watch it a little bit, but I know Scotty. That's Alex. where you just got to give it to the kids, hand the phone to the kids and be like, here, you guys are in charge of my TikTok. Go for it. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I just hand it over to my wife. <laughs> fair. Very fair. Very she's fair. Doing pretty good. She's got us up to where we can do lives with it. So she's, uh, she's getting really good with that technology and marketing stuff. That's awesome. Really cool. Well, it was a blast sitting down and chat with you. Good luck on your show tonight. And I'm sure you got plenty of shows for the, what's your uh, show schedule for the rest of the year? Oh, wow. We're, uh, we're booked every week heading out except for Christmas week. So, mm-hmm. uh, She's passing over the schedule that I need to get some glasses. Um, so we're at River Rose with the full band next Friday. Um, mm-hmm. And we're also in studio the following week. Uh, we got Old Main Ice House with a duo with me and uh, me and my guitar our lead player. Um, uh, Thirsty Horse on a Wednesday night on the week of the 14th. Uh, Thirsty Horse is a, like the dance club, the dance hall out here. So mm-hmm. it's... Uh, that's a, a good spot, especially on a Wednesday. Uh, 12 Fox, we love them. They're, uh, they support military veterans in a nice. big way. Um, that's on the 16th, 17th, Willie's Joint. Uh, Singing Water Vineyards on the 18th. Yeah, we're, we're oh, New Year's out in Divine. Uh, oh, nice. We're going to be out. We, we have the New Year's Eve party out there. Awesome, awesome. <clears throat> that sounds busy. If you ever make it up Waco Way, you know, let me know. I'd definitely love to come check out a show uh, or even – the surrounding area there's plenty of venues around here i'm sure as i'm sure you probably are somewhat aware because it's what is it two hours to san antonio i guess depending on where in san antonio you're going um so no that's cool awesome well once again thank you so much for hanging out with us it's been a blast chatting with you and love to have you back on anytime talking about you know whatever new release you got going on and all that fun stuff well, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Merry Christmas to you and and uh, and everybody back there. And uh, hope you guys have a happy New Year. If there's yeah. anything we can do, just let us know. Yeah, for sure. I'm getting ready. To, I got to go to a Christmas party at six o'clock for work, so I'm sure it'll be a one beer minimum or maximum, however you want to phrase that one. So it'll be it'll be an interesting time. But awesome. anyways, Merry Christmas, everyone. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with more of the 25 Days of Christmas. Thanks.